This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest, the podcast which brings you reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema and instead went straight to DVD, Blu-ray, or streaming media. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me this week are Richard Hawes. Hello, everybody. Say that again. Hello, everybody. (laughs) Thank you. Hello, everybody. And (laughs) Stephen Lockeridge. Hello. And Will Bentley. Hiya. That's two weeks on the trot, Will. Awesome. And this Mm -hmm. week, this week, we are looking at um, the recent uh, Gerard Butler film, Greenland, which just popped up on Amazon Prime. Uh, Then we've got the Indonesian film, Gandala, uh, Abigail Haunting, and then we're going to round off with The Odds. Our short shot this week is Victoria, and our DTV throwback is Bram Stoker's Shadow Builder. So without further ado, let's crack on. So our first review is Greenland. Uh, When Clark, an extinction-sized asteroid, is on a collision course for Earth, John Garrity and his family must race against time to reach a safe haven, but find there are many obstacles in their path. Um, Quite surprised this dropped on Amazon Prime this week, Rich. Yeah, at, as at time of recording, it's uh, just been a, a couple of days since it came out. It was fairly, it wasn't really announced until like just a few days before it went on, I think, uh, but like mm. a week or so, maybe. So yeah, it was a quite, quite a surprise, but not in a way because uh, so many of the streaming platforms now are desperate for content without any major blockbusters to to promote true. Yep. they're um they're sort of binding and also the studios because they're have having to be selective about what they do with some of their releases whether they shelve them whether they send them as a streaming greenland has been one of those that, that you know the uh, sticks uh, mm. the company made it have decided to sell it to amazon who probably pay, pay them a considerable amount of money and uh, i'm sure it's going to do well for subscriptions because it's been very well reviewed yeah, and uh, we're going to share our thoughts on it now <laughs> Yeah, so um, I'll, I'll kick off then. So Jared Butler, I mean, he, he's always watchable for me, um, even when he's in a piece of shit like um, Gamer, which is my... Oh, the, the Nadir. It's your worst film ever. It that? is my worst <laughs> film ever. Um, you know, I but yeah, I mean, he's, he's an actor I always, always enjoy seeing. And, and the, yeah, this, this is, you know, I wouldn't say fun exactly, but, you know, it, it does sort of raise the pulse a little bit. Um, it, it does riff quite closely to Deep Impact, one of the two other asteroid movies which came out in the 90s. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was the 90s, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, there are a few similarities um, between the two. Uh, but this sort of centers on Jared Butler and his family trying trying to uh, at first trying to get into this Air Force base where they've been selected to be um, uh, one of the, the lucky few to get a, a, um, a place in a, a bunker. Um, but because of a, a medical snafu, um, that all goes horribly wrong and, and they, they get um, separated and have their own sort of kind of mini adventures um, before uh, well, before anything else happens, really. So, Rich, what did you make of uh, Greenland? Yeah, I was very pleasantly surprised. I was—I hate the title, <laughs> so <laughs> so that 
the titles i mean maybe intentional like you know like cloverfield or something it's you know the the title is uh vague you know I, I you know you're not quite sure what it means and then you saw a bit of the trailer and you say okay it's about comets and stuff but you're still like what what is it is it like a code word or something it's, it's not a great title as far as i'm concerned and also the way it comes up the i've got a thing about credits and the way the title comes up at the beginning is so underwhelming it's like written in a tiny little boring font comes up and you think okay that's 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 hard that's a strange way to announce a big blockbuster but i guess in a way that's kind of the point because it's very it is a big blockbuster, but at the same time, it's a very focused family drama. Uh, unlike Deep Impact, which you cited, uh, which was a typical, you know, uh, ensemble piece with lots of different characters, like yeah. uh, Taylor Leone and a dad, Maximilian Shell, and then there were some other characters and, and whatever. And uh, this one is just purely focused on Gerard Butler and his his wife and son. So it's just they're the three main, and then uh, Scott Glenn comes in a little bit for a while later which is nice but uh yeah i wasn't i wasn't sure how i was gonna like it because uh i'm not a gerard butler fan unlike uh unlike yourself mm. so that was kind of a oh okay it's a gerard butler movie kind of feeling but i liked him in this i did i wasn't sure whether he was playing american or scottish for the first half yeah. but then then he said no i am i am playing scottish because he was saying talking about the highlands and and whatnot talking about yeah so, his, his mother-in-law tried to impress him by wearing a kilt and stuff like that cool. which was quite yeah quite funny yeah yeah so that was <clears throat> at the beginning i was like i'm i'm not sure is he putting on an accent or everyone but yeah. uh his character was quite interesting that they introduced the information about what's happened everything very slowly some of it not until really really late that was quite nice but there's some really it's got some really great set pieces but they're not the spectacle set pieces they're like high tension kind of uh uh human human story kind of bits which are which were right like um, the separation between uh, uh when the family becomes separated and then separated n uh, and stuff so that was all really well played steve did you enjoy this one uh yeah i thought it was great um really wraps up the tension I liked how it, it didn't just go everywhere. It was focused on the family, the one family. And, you know, it was like a global impact, but on a small scale. And I thought it wasn't too overblown. Like, you know, you roll at Emmerich's and stuff like that. It's all mm. about, it literally is all about the spectacle and look how much shit we can blow up and, and it really good. But you don't really see much of that. It's mainly on the news or on a small screen in the background when it's going on, apart from say like near the end and stuff like yeah. that. Um, but yeah, I thought Gerard Butler was great. I thought Marina, is it Bakarin? I can never pronounce yeah. her bloody name. That's it. Yeah, she's um, in Deadpool and a few other things. Yeah. 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 Uh, she was great. Uh, even the little kid was great. I normally find little kids quite annoying, but yeah, even, even he was quite good, <laughs> you know. And yeah, I was quite surprised when Scott Glenn turned up. For uh, well, all of five minutes, if not, probably a day shooting. Mm. Um, but not really enjoyed. I think it really wrapped the tension up as well. Um, especially, like I say, it's not so much with the asteroid or the, the comic, should I say. It's more with, you know, the degradation of society, basically. That, you know, that's what brings attention. Bit, yeah. bit like Walking Dead in a way. And, yeah, it's, really, um, really. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I watched um, Train to Busan presents Peninsula um, mm -hmm. over the Christmas break, and 
you know the scene where they have to leave the house and and everyone's sort of coming up to them and go take our kids and all that sort of stuff yeah very, very similar yeah, sort, yeah. Of, sort of thing ha- happening in that one as well um yeah yeah, re- re- yeah heart- gut-wrenching stuff really you know because you know they yeah, can't I'm- but at the same time you know you, you kind of feel like they're being a bit of a dick by trying to force them onto it but of course you would mm. you know yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, um there's um there's a, there's a couple of set pieces which we haven't talked about and we should, probably shouldn't but um each of like you know it's sort of Jared Butler's character and his, his wife's character both go through a sort of rather sort of traumatic uh, experience each um and yeah. which, which I think would have, would have made for a very interesting conversation later on you know when they're in the bunker it's like yeah I did this it's like, well yeah yeah yeah. I, well, yeah okay well I did this yeah I think I think she's got it worse than him, to be fair, with uh, <laughs> what, what, what goes on. Um, well, no, it, it's one of them, because it's not a massively budgeted film. I think the budget is all about 40, 45 million. Yeah, they, they, kept, um, they kept the action quite tight. I mean, you, 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 there's a really good good sequence where you got like this molten lava sort of raining down on, on the highway. You know that yeah. that was pretty cool, and then the whole the whole ending, you know, it, when it literally becomes a race against time to, to to try and reach safety, you know, and this is like will they, won't they, and it's um, you know that that does work really really well. I thought. Yeah. With that, yeah. With, there was one there was one thing I was thinking about the towards the end of the film is that I think they should have ended it earlier, mm. um, because I I thought I I. The way it ends is is a bit too Hollywood for me. I think <laughs> it would it would have been really nice if they because they kind of hint at a different outcome, uh, and uh, it would have been interesting to sort of leave on a on a different note. But mm. uh, but you know that's that's big budget Hollywood for you. But although uh, yeah, I mean it is really good. There was another thing that uh, I was noting when I was watching. It, I was thinking this looks like another big Hollywood age difference between the. The, mm. the husband and the wife characters but i've just looked it up and apparently there's only like 10 years between them which was which is really surprising because i thought she was like well, 20 around, years his junior yeah. well she's been around as may, maybe as long as because she was in firefly and and Ser- serenity uh-huh. yeah you know, yeah she uh, was born yeah, in but, 79 and he was born yeah. in 69 yeah oh, he's the same age as me cool <laughs> okay scores on the doors for greenland um i i have to hit this one with a seven I, th- I did find it quite entertaining you know every now and again it does raise the pulse um I've, i found some of the decisions to make a bit mm, questionable um and, and you know there was a couple of things they sort of skimmed over towards the end um especially considering their son's insulin supply but you know little things uh, yeah, a, a solid seven out of ten. Rich, uh, I think this is basically 2012, but done right. Uh, they they you know really really f- focused on the family and did a good uh, and you know limited the spectacle uh, and uh, yeah, it just worked really well. I'm gonna go uh, I'm gonna go an eight on this one. Okay, and Steve, yeah, I'm going an eight on this one. Uh, like Rich said, it's really enjoyable. Um, just a bit of a break from the norm at the minute, and yeah, really, really good. I, probably the best I've seen Jared Butler for a long while. Mm. 
It's um, you know, it's interesting. So everyone, you know, complaining about lockdown as well, and, and, and then we see what happens at the end of the film, and it's like, yeah. you think you got it bad? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, what, sorry, Steve. What did you score it? Eight. Eight. So two eights and a seven yeah. for Greenland. Our next review is Gundala. On the streets of Jakarta, a hero is forged from despair. Having graduated from the School of Hard Knocks, Sankaka finds he can no longer ignore the injustices all around him, and his newfound resolve coincides with the discovery of his superpowers. Now, guys, um, from the sounds of it, I'm the only one who's actually managed to watch this the whole way through. Um, so, yep. so basically... The first 20 minutes of this film are an absolute misery fest as we follow this poor kid, Sankaka. Um, his dad is a union activist trying to, trying to pressure the local um, steel mill to you know, be produce better wages and better labour um, conditions. And he, he gets stabbed for his, um, for his troubles, basically. A year later, his mum goes to um, to find work in a different town, promising to be back uh, in time for him to come back from school the next day. And of course, he comes back and she's not there. And he's still there, like waiting for days and days, getting hungrier and hungrier. There's nothing to eat in the house. It's it, it's, it's a real heart-wrenching situation because he did know what's happened uh, and eventually sort of forced to leave. And he becomes like a street urchin. He's befriended by um, another kid who helps him, sort of teaches him how to fight. But then he loses that friend as well, and he's sort of stuck on his own again. Uh, and, and so it goes on until he finally grows up and, um, you know, he's got a job, but he's sort of keeping his head down. He doesn't want to get involved in other people's shit. Uh, but he, he gets drawn into um, to help one of his neighbours, um, and that sort of kicks everything up. Um after the first 20 minutes or so, this film does actually sort of, you know, it, it, the mood lightens a bit. We, we get a decent villain who um, does some pretty nasty stuff. And he's got like an, an empire of um, orphanages around sort of Jakarta. And he's been training these kids to become his own sort of personal assassins. And there's a really good scene later on where he calls them up. And they're all doing these other different professions, but it's like when they get the call, you know, just like down tools, what I'm doing, off to see dad, you know, this, this, this guy needs me. So, um, yeah, some really good stuff like that. There's a really good sort of costume that he sort of comes up with. But the funny thing is with this film is that you get all the way to the end. And then it turns out that what you've been watching is, in fact, the prologue to a bigger story. And that's where it ends. You sort of defeat. Isn't that always the way, though, these days? Yeah. Mm. It's, it's like, you know, and, and this other story is sort of seeded in there. And you thought, wonder, where, where are these scenes going? I don't know what's, you know, what's really sort of going on here. And it turns out that everything's been a long game. You know, they, they kind of, this other guy wants him to defeat the bad guy, in, you know, for this, because by doing so, he will unlock something else. And that will start off the next thing. Um, so, so that was really bizarre. But you know, um, uh, Will, you you commented on the uh, the opening credits. You know, the um, mm. the fact that we got this sort of 
almost like a knockoff from sort of the DC and sort of Marvel style of um, sort of credit sequence, you know, sort of with the sort of overlaying of all the sort of um, sort of superhero characters. Um, you know, Gandala himself is sort of, you know, Indonesia's number one comic strip. So this this was kind of a big deal for 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 them, oh. um, and it, um, you know and that, that's how it feels. You know that opening credit sequence, and then then that particular ending. I mean, if it was a Marvel movie, for example, that bit would have been like the end of credit sequence. You know, it would have allowed you to have the proper ending, and then it <laughs> then it would have had the other bits sort of you know mid credits or the, at the end sort of thing. So is but, it like setting up a franchise then? I think so. I mean, I, I imagine I imagine it did well in in Indonesia, so I wouldn't be surprised if there's a follow up. But um, hmm. yeah, I mean, you know, from an effects point of view and from the fighting point of view, it, it's all pretty smart. Um, it's just the misery fest that goes on at the beginning. So you know, okay, you got you know, you're forging your hero out of adversity, but but come on, give the guy a break. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I apparently I had no idea that it was like you, if you if you saw watched it with no idea that it was going in the direction of a sort of fran- birth of a franchise type thing. It just looks like a sort of. You're sort of thinking, is this is this just a rags to riches? Is you know, sort of desperate poverty, like it was like a yeah. kind of Oliver Twist like slum dog millionaire. Slum you dog. Know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly how it feels. You know, it's just oh, you know, the stuff that kid went through. Bloody hell. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I mean, this is two hours long as well. We just, I suppose, for a superhero movie, that's what you expect, but. Um, I just wish it had been a bit lighter to begin with, really. But I, I, I give this a, a solid seven out of ten. If they do, if Would they do watch- a sequel, if they do a sequel, I'll definitely watch it. No, it's just they are, do- yeah. they are doing apparently. Oh, cool. Sorry, what were you saying? Oh, same thing. I was just going to say, are they? Would you watch? Would you be interested in watching any follow-ups and stuff? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, this is this has got some really cool moments all the way through, and, and a little bit of humour as well. Um, there's there's a bit where um, after he's he, he's been in this fight where he's like, sort of beat up like thirty blokes, you know, in, in this market, and he's he's telling his boss about it because he's a security guard at this uh, printing press, and his boss is going, "You beat up thirty guys? Go, were they handicapped?" <laughs> yeah. it's no because were they old ladies what, you know? <laughs> it's just quite funny but uh, yeah so, so it's little bits of levity sort of later on and, and as I said the villain's pretty good in this as well he's, he's sort of one of these sort of kingpin kind of guys who's, who's got a sort of very sort of badass sort of um, backstory um, which is pretty cool as well so what's the standard of the production in terms of, uh, you know, the cinematography, the visual effects, the martial arts very action? Good. Yeah, I mean, cinematography is very good. There's a lot of stuff filmed at night, but, you know, you've got these lightning effects and so, um, which, which work really well. They don't overplay the sort of, you know, the um, sort of superpower bit, but it, it's all done really well. Um, yeah, you know, sort of somewhat I work, but nothing you can, you know, nothing that sort of stands out as being sort of overly fake or anything and and as i say you know you get, you get this bit with the um you know the super villain henchman coming in something and, and a couple of them you think could have been in the raid but but not you know um mm-hmm. 
So it's a guy who's sort of very similar to Yayan Ruyan. Uh, he has a really good sort of fight scene towards the end. Um, one, one weird thing is they keep using this one um, sort of location over and over again, um, which is like a level crossing, you know, sort of train crossing. And they use it about three or four times in the film. And you keep thinking somebody's going to push him in front of a train or something. It never happens. <laughs> <laughs> other, other weird shit happens, but that one never actually comes to fruition. But yeah, never mind. Yeah, so, so a solid uh, seven out of 10 for Gundala. If, if, you're, um, you know, if you're a superhero fan, martial arts fan, it's definitely worth checking out. Our next review is Abigail Haunting. Uh, when a young woman called Kate manages to escape the clutches of her abusive boyfriend, she heads back to the foster home where she grew up, only to find that Marge, her foster mother, is in the grip of an evil spirit who won't let her leave the house. Um, Will, I'm going to go to you first with this one. This this surprised me. Uh, I, I sort of dropped a sort of message to everyone when I was watching it because... I was expecting something along the lines of an Andrew Jones film, you know, sort of something sort of low, really low budget, sort of spooky house kind of thing. And we get something completely different. What do you think of this one? Well, I mean, I wouldn't say the budget was particularly massive, um, but it, it didn't, it didn't go with the conventions. Visually, it didn't go with the conventions. Um, like, well, no, in fact, location wise, it didn't go with the conventions at all. And it wasn't a spooky house. It was just really bland, flat locations, like the motel at the start where um, she escapes the clutches of her abusive boyfriend. I mean, that was that was just a singularly blunt and violent scene. But you know, the, it's like the, the room was was completely spare and empty. The the hotel, the motel itself, um, you know, and it was it was it's kind of wide spaces. I don't know which part of America. If you could clue me into which part of America it's it's kind of set in, but it was just very sort of outside was kind of open and empty, and all of the interior locations would would it's like no one lived in them. You know, by the time she gets to Marge's house and you go in, it's like it's just weird. It's like it's been cleared, you know, like it's mm. been sort of like someone's moved out, but it's been a couple of years, and it's kind of you could almost show it around to new people to buy it as as is. Do you know what I mean? Do you know? Do you get yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? It's, it's almost like yeah. um. It was it was like not derelict, but just there was no life in any of the interior locations. You know what I mean? And the oh, the weird thing, the thing that freaked me out from the from the very start of that movie was the the, the sound recording. You know, when they're in the in the motel room, it's like there's a gig going on. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was brilliant. Actually, I thought it was a really brilliant touch. That it was yeah. odd. Was was there a, like a gig in a stadium? I, I got the feeling there was like, you know, hotel, yeah, I think there's some sort of like, yeah, you know, it's a roadhouse or something next door, and you know, someone's sort of um, thrash metal band playing. Or, yeah, yeah, weird. It was, it was a very strange but very atmospheric moment. Yeah. It was because it kind of drowned, it drowned everything. And, and you know, I didn't, again, I, I like going into these without, I didn't read the preamble before I read, before I watched it. Mm. And it was like, it just, it could have been a non supernatural, just gritty drama. You know, from from the word go, you know, with that, with that that it wasn't even a shootout, was it? It's just it, just the the sort of mm. violence in that in that hotel room was quite gripping the way it was done. You know, it was just sort of it was, you know, it wasn't stagey. Yeah, 
you know it was just it was just like that's probably how that would happen in real life it was just you know just very kind of quick and brutal and then like then she sort of she 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 kind of goes off and it's another one of those where she hasn't got a lot to say for quite a long time which is understandable from the point of view of she's an you know abuse victim or whatever but it's one of those where you're like working with silence you're just trying to get what's going on by what what's being done and what's being shown yeah i mean she does sort of have more to say later on kind of thing but um i mean i i thought it was quite atmospheric i thought it was well set up and i liked i liked that different like different kind of location you know it was it wasn't even sort of suburban it wasn't anything you it wasn't relatable at all not to us for sure yeah it's, i mean it is it, a sort of very sort of alien landscape to what we're used to and what what hollywood is used to showing us yeah and i i, I liked her as a character i mean i think i thought it's funny actually because i was reading a bit about it she's not she's not being widely praised for her performance but i thought she was i thought it was good hmm. You know, I thought she was, I thought she was, you know, I thought she was good. I thought it was convincing. I thought, um, was it Marge, the... Um, yeah, the foster mum. Yeah. The foster mum. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, her, her performance was, was quite unsettling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, just like, you know, I mean, there's, there's certain times you're not even sure she's still alive, you know, it's just... Uh... I thought she, yeah, I thought, because yeah. she didn't say anything for so long when, when she first went there, I was like, is she, is she dead? Like, <laughs> you know, and you don't see a face for ages um, yep. when when um, when Kate, Kate turns up at the house and stuff. And then it's sort of, I mean, it, it kind of, I wouldn't say it's predictable, but it did kind of st- start filling the, you know, don't go in the shed. Well, what's yeah. the she's going to be in the she's going to be in the shed within yeah. half an hour, isn't she? <laughs> like, you know. And um, you know, and it. The, the, it, it wasn't like I say it wasn't wasn't predictable, but it was like you could kind of see where it was going. But it went in, it, yeah. went, it, it did it well. It did it really well. And the 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 bad thing, the you know the the antagonist of the, of the show is like, all right, it's not completely brand new revolutionary way of portraying a you know like um a, a, a supernatural entity or whatever. But it was like where they decided to put her when she confronts it was quite. A, Quite a, quite a menacing, you know, because it was it the kind of low ceilinged, uh, it was the shed, wasn't it? It was the outhouse, yeah, it was in the basement, yeah. and, and you know, and, and mm. it was like, yeah, this that was that was some scary, that was that mm. was scarily done. But the, the thing itself, I was struggling again to see it. I don't know if it's the settings on you know my screen, but it was it was incredibly dark, and I was like, adds atmosphere, but you're also thinking, well, that saves money on CGI. It's it's weird, isn't it? Because Part of you sort of going, well, I'd be scared more if I knew what it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, on the whole, I think I think it was it was in, it was enjoyable because it was mm. like, yeah, they've done a lot to try and be different and put it in a different place and put you in a different context. And you know, like I say, maybe it's more familiar if you're an, if you're American and you kind of it resonates more. But like you say, it was an alien landscape and it worked. I thought mm. it worked quite well, and um, it was a creepy enough film. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? I mean, uh, you know, I read a lot of stuff, especially by sort of people like Cracked, where they keep complaining about um, the way Hollywood portrays how people live. Um, mm-hmm. And for, for example, um, in Greenland that we talked about earlier today, you know, Jared Butler's house is a fucking millionaire's house. <laughs> There's no going around it. You know, that got, that house belongs to a millionaire. You know, not not, not some jobbing sort of contractor who he's sort of mm. kind of portrayed to be and then you compare mm. that with the sort of like 
you know, sort of half converted mobile home that um, that Katie and Marge are sort of living in is, mm. is, is you know, it's a stark contrast, isn't it? You know, sort of from uh, yeah, but it's the real that's the reality for exactly well, for a hell of a lot, yeah, slightly bonkers people who are being you know possessed and controlled by malevolent spirits. I suppose yeah. that's, that's the rental market that they're in. Isn't it? I'm sure it is. Steve, uh, what are your thoughts about Abigail haunting? It was okay. Um, I like that it just started and that was it. We're straight in there. No messing about. The violence in the hotel is just bang, bang, done. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, she's on the lamp hiding out in this. You're very muffled, Steve. Could you do something right, you might? Hiding out. Is that any better? Yeah. Yeah. So she's just like hiding out, going back to her old foster mum. And like you say, it's it kind of like a one, one location movie in a way, mm. because I think the only other place that they really go to is the bar for one scene. Yeah, really, mm. and it's quite effective in how they built built the tension up. And I did like the. It's quite an obvious twist, but it was quite decent and actually thought out quite well. The only thing that. Didn't, didn't quite gel with me was the um, is, it, is it Walter? Mm, the, 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 the sort of childhood friend who sort of grown up. No, no. The, oh, the, the kids. The the yeah. no, oh, no, no the sorry. Guy... <laughs> <laughs> the, the dude who brings the shopping around to them. Yeah. To... yeah, yeah, that just seemed, I don't know, it just seemed a bit weird. Well, it did. I agree with you, but then I figured out that he must have been the father. Well, maybe because if you think about the sort of how how long ago it happened, you know, because it happened you know before, before Kate sort of lived lived there herself. So yeah, I, I reckon that's what it was. Uh, he he was the father. Uh, it could be. Yeah, that that didn't cross my mind actually. You got a point. <laughs> so yeah, maybe. Yeah, I kind of makes it slightly better. <laughs> But yeah, it was done done quite well. Um, I was quite impressed with the the kind of makeup effects um, mm. on on the actual spirit as such because it, it was you know like some of them like um, what was that one was it Widow's Peak Widow's yeah. Point yeah and it was just someone in a cost in a dress you know it wasn't there's was no <laughs> I don't know ghostliness about them it was just someone in a dress walking about. And I think, you know, this one actually was quite quite freaky looking, especially the scene in the bar, in the bathroom. Mm. Um, that actually, I thought was really effective, especially when she, like, coughed the mask up. That was, oh, yeah. that was, yeah, that put me off a bit, <laughs> a bit. But, no, it was enjoyable. It was good. Yeah. Better than I thought it was going to be. Like you say, I was, when you look at the poster... It does kind of look like a haunted mansion type movie, but it, it isn't that, you know, like you say, yeah. it's more ground more grounded and you know, mm. in a different kind of reality that you normally see in this type of film, I think. And Rich. Well, I haven't seen it, so uh, I am not going to be passing judgment on <laughs> this one. But it, it sounds more interesting than I thought uh, mm. from what you've said. I, it's it was shot in Las Vegas, so the yeah. 
that could explain the uh, the, the, the opening it, set in Reno, and, and I think the, yeah, the rest of it's set on the outskirts of Vegas. I think. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I um, as a, as a sort of you know when I texted you guys before, mm. I was sort of about halfway through, I think, and that opening sequence I thought was brilliant. Um, you know, it was brutal, it was grungy, it it really played with your expectations. You know, it, it just sort of started like totally off kilter from where you you kind of expected it to be. Um, and 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 funny enough, I was. And because I knew nothing about the film at all, I just didn't know which direction it was going to be headed. You know, I was starting to wonder whether or not um, Katie had been shot herself and maybe this was all in her head or something, you know, mm. or, or any, anything, <laughs> any other sort of variation on that sort of thing going on. Uh, you know, whether or not it's going to be like psycho and she's going to turn out to be killed halfway through in, you know, sort of main character. Who knows? Um, you know, killed thought, halfway but, through? What? Well, no, I'm, it's, you know, psycho. did I just watch Psycho? Oh my god! <laughs> no. There's a bit in the film when um, this uh, sort of nightlight shaped like a clown starts glowing funnily, and I thought, oh, here we go. Um, but again, that turned about turned out to be a complete red herring. Um, mm. the, the, it it does oversell its jump scares a bit, especially with the music cues. It, it's sort of like overly does it like the bit in the when she goes in the shed and she's got the torch and there's a bit where she sort of you know move, moves the torch around and you glimpse a person stood in the corner for a second as she goes back and then is she oh my god what's that and goes back but the music's sort of like a, hey did you see that oh my god do you see that really you know it, 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 it's sort of like re really overemphasizes it i thought you, know, you might want to downplay it a bit um but yeah other other than that I thought it was um, pretty solid. Uh, we've got a hit, you know, a heroine who isn't exactly the most reliable person as well. You know, um, obviously she doesn't want her friend to know what had actually happened in Reno. You know, uh, so she sort of skirts around the truth a bit. Um, mm. But yeah, so, so so that was quite relatable as well. You know, um, sort of flawed hero, flawed protagonist. The film this reminded me of a little bit was um, The Pact. I don't know if anyone's seen that one. Silence, tumble, no. crickets. <laughs> I heartily <laughs> recommend it. I, I, it's I think, one you've mentioned a few times yeah, before, and, yeah. and I think it's coming up on on Netflix soon. So mm -hmm. so maybe we can look at that. But um, yeah, so. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. You guys seem to have gotten something out of this. So what mm. we're going to score it. Um, I'm going to give this one a 7 out of 10. Uh, Will? Yeah, agreed. I mean, it's 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 quite downbeat. It, it's, and it's it's well done, but it's not kind of off the wall awesome. It's just good. It's a, you know, it's a good horror. Seven's, seven's fine by me. And Steve? Yeah, I've got a 7 as well. Awesome. So three sevens. Jackpot for... Abigail Haunting. Our next review is The Odds. A desperate woman participates in a deadly game, starting out with 20 contestants who are whittled down after each deadly round. Not only does she have to overcome each painful ordeal, but she must enter into a battle of wits with her referee. Okay, now, um, it's, it's a real shame, guys, that you weren't able to fit this into your schedule. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we reviewed a film called Julia X, 
which yes. um, got, got quite a strong reaction from you guys, uh, especially you, Rich. <laughs> you really didn't like it. Um, this film it has basically two main characters, uh, protagonist and her sort of referee, basically, um, who's sort of adjudicating her thing. So they say at the, each end of this table, and the idea is that somewhere around the world, there's another 20 people, or another 19 people like this woman in this position. Um, and there's going to be five rounds and you can leave at any time during those five rounds. But if you're still around after that fifth round, then you have to stay till the end. So either you win or you die, basically. So... So the first round is you have to, she has to hold her hand over a lit candle and keep it there until three other people have um, dropped out. So like, obviously this candle's burning this, the palm of her hand, you know, mm -hmm. um, she's having to sort of deal with that. Um, the next one is she has to put her foot into this wooden box, which has got something in it. I think it was a rat, basically. And she's got to keep her foot in the box until again, you know, another three people drop out and so on. So, so you know, you're getting more and more maimed basically as this thing's going on. And the guy who's administering this stuff, you know, he starts off sounding very detached, you know, um, sort of very professional, very detached. And, you know, and she's, you know, there's, there's an air of desperation around her. Um, she's sort of scraping the bottom of the barrel as far as her life's concerned, made some bad choices. She's got a daughter that she's looking to, you know, to look out for. Um, because, you know, if, if you win this particular thing, then the surprise money is a million dollars. So, you know, there's, there's a lot at stake. But once it gets down through those five rounds and it's down to the, the last five people, then it becomes a game of Russian roulette. And the whole film is really just this conversation, you know, th this long conversation between this woman and this man and finding out this man is a complete psychopath, you know, who's enjoying his job a little bit too much. Mm. It's, um, I wouldn't say it's a tough watch. It sounds like a tough watch. <laughs> yeah. It, it, but it's, it, it's not, it, it really isn't. It, it's because this woman, um, who's never named, she doesn't actually have a name in the film, um, but she sort of, you know, turns out to be a lot tougher than you think. And it, it really does become really interesting um, as, as it goes on. The, yeah, the, the, how, you know, the how, if I could interject, how graphic is it? It's not particularly graphic. For example, the stuff that happens with the box, you don't see what's in the box. You know, obviously take the foot out later, there's a bit of blood. Mm -hmm. I think that the worst two bits is one where um, they have to sort of drill um, screws into a foot in the box so as you put a foot back in the box and there's sort of drilling screws in and, and you know so so as i said there's other contestants you know and the guy's got like an earpiece so he he knows um if anyone's dropped out basically as it as it goes on um but that that whole thing about sort of it being a contest it gets you know questioned and, and i must admit i had that bit, i had the question myself thinking how on the level is this you know um because she, she heard a route, you know, she heard through a friend of a friend about this thing. Uh, but, you know, we, we know there are other people involved because 
there's people coming and going into the room, sort of sort of bringing in bits and pieces for them to, to use. So there seems to be an organisation involved, but you know it, it does sort of like question whether or not um, are there really other contestants, or is this just a psycho who's just torturing yeah. this woman and, and getting her to go along with it? You know, um, so so that was an interesting sort of dynamic to it. But yeah, it, yeah, I wouldn't say it's you don't really sort of see anything. You see the results of it, obviously. I mean, I think the worst one is that she has to chop off um, parts of her fingers. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, um, like sort of like one knuckle at a time, basically. Yeah. So, so yeah, which ain't great. Yeah, I don't want to it, see this. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, I, I'd I'd say it's more sort of psychological um, sort of horror than. Uh, that yeah, can be but, worse, though. Yeah, it's, it's all messing yeah. in your head. Um, but what, what's what's interesting is you know you find out this this you know what, what this woman's sort of willing to do, but and it's, it's an interesting bit because she she's sort of going, I'm sure I know you from somewhere. He's like, no, we've never met, sort of thing. And then later on, she's going, yeah, I, I think I have met you. You, you know, okay, you, you're every um, every shitty boyfriend my mum had who sort of slapped her around. You're every sort of crappy guy and all the rest of it. You know, you just sort of male chauvinist asshole. Um, but yeah, no, I I, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I wouldn't say I thoroughly enjoyed it, but I was entertained by it. And, and so. Is it being live streamed for the for the yes the so, wealthy yeah, to watch and stuff? Yeah, so, so so the idea is yeah obviously um, the idea is that people are betting on you know who who's going to win and all the rest of it and there's you know a couple of webcams set up on the table and as I said he's got his his Bluetooth earpiece that that um, people are sort of giving him instructions to so you know it's, for example when they when they get to the Russian roulette uh, rounds you know they all have to fire at the same time. Uh, you know, so we'll have to get in position with a gun against the head. So this is what they this is what they were watching on the money plane. Yeah, basically, it's, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah, and it's that sort of thing. But it's 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 I I found it quite fascinating the way she manages to you know get gain leverage against him, you know, as it as it goes on. But um, yeah, it's it's a good one actually. It's quite long. I think for this sort of film, it's. You know, it's it's over ninety minutes, so it might be a bit longer than it needs to be. But but I thought, you know, it, it's it it could almost be a play because yeah, it's, it sounds it's, like you know, it's, yeah. it's like two, basically two people on stage, you know, just um, talking. But it's it's really really good. Yeah, yeah it's about an hour and forty five minutes apparently. Exactly. Yeah, which is pretty long. You would expect a film like this to be eighty minutes, eighty five minutes. Mm. I would say. I think you know if, uh, it's worth it to get to the end, and you know it, it does have a good sort of payoff. So, so, is there much of a? Is it is it most in the single in the one location, or is there a lot? Still, that it's literally in one location. We don't see no. anyone sort of behind you know behind the scenes or anything, other than as I said, uh, there's two guys who sort of come in and out of the room, sort of delivering sort of you know, boxes and things for them to to use. But other than that, it's just the two of them the whole time. Mm. Yeah. So, so a triumph for the director, writer director, would you say? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think so. You know, I I knew watching it, I'm thinking the the guys would struggle with this. You know, which is why I was hoping you'd have seen it. So would, you know, it would have been interesting to talk about. Um, but yeah, it's, considering how people reacted to Julia X, I thought it's you know, and it's not that violent. You know, not as violent as Julia X, but even so. Um, 
def- definitely a sort of it, it's sort of holding a mirror up to sort of the sort of misogynistic attitudes. I think. Mm-hmm. And what are you going to score it, Mike? I, I am literally going to score it an eight out of ten. Wow! It surprised me. Yeah, I, I, it really did surprise me. The, the, the writing is really good. You know, the, the, um, the dialogue really, really works in this. Mm. Yeah, definitely check it out, guys. Our short shot this week is Victoria. Trained since an infant to be a highly skilled assassin, Victoria is sent to Miami to single-handedly destroy a drug lord and his gang. High, high production values in this one, guys. Um, This is really, really good. Uh, Rich, you you hinted as much when, when you sent the links through. You're sort of going... Yeah, you got you got to like this one, um, <laughs> and, and it certainly did. Um, you know, it it's nothing original, of course. We've seen this. You know, sort of people trained from childhood to be assassins before, um, but this is really good. It reminded me of the film Shiri to a certain degree, the uh, Korean film from two thousand, I believe, maybe even earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, really, really solid. You know, sort of the, the scenes with the kids, and you know, not, knowing nothing about the film as well when when it started. Um, I thought, what is this going to be? <laughs> yeah. Because it starts off with this girl sort of like, you know, in sort of rags, sleeping on the floor in this cell. And it's just like, what's going to happen here? I have no idea. And then we get these sort of training montages and it builds up to when she actually is a grown woman and goes to this party in Miami to um, take down this guy. The, the action is really, really solid. Uh, fight scenes are really, really well done. Um, there's even a little bit of realism because there's a bit where she's sort of running away from someone shooting at her and I'm thinking somebody's got to hit her surely (laughs) you know and and sure enough Um, I've only got one little niggle and that is when when she gets when she breaks into that apartment without fighting uh, you know in in the sky rise and um, I just thought wouldn't she have taken a beat to sort of get a change of clothes or something, you know, just just to have a quick look, see if there's anything in there which you can change into, considering a state by that point. But other than that, um, I think this is sterling work. Uh, Steve, over to you, mate. Yeah, uh, really enjoyable, nice, in and out. Kind of reminded me of um, Hannah. Yeah, yeah very so, much. Certainly a lot of that in there. Yeah. yeah, especially with the thing. But well, I think this... I think the director's got a thing for seeing kids covered in blood, to be fair, as well. Um, <laughs> he's not... He's, he's brutal with them kids. He really yes. is. Mm. Um, especially the scene with the... where they're putting the guns together with the, with the boy. Oh, yeah. I was... That bit was proper, proper brutal. Um, but, yeah, it's nice, simple. Does it... Does it well... Explains it nice and easy, straight through, no messing about. And um, really enjoyable. I think this could be set up for a second part as well. Mm. To be fair, with the way it ended as well. Well, it is a it's a proof of concept for a feature that they're trying to make. I mean, I think it works. Yeah. As a short in its own right, but yeah. that's yeah. their long game. Yeah, I, yeah. I really like that last scene, that, that final scene, because it it sort of validates what she does. It, it, you know, yeah. it, it, it's it, it puts a nice sort of spin on it. It's sort of like, yeah, there's that moment of validation. It's not like, um, you know, you're going to be disavowed or anything. It's it's, it's the opposite. 
you know, mm. um, that someone's actually got praise for her work. Um, yes, yeah, so, so I really enjoyed that little scene at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is a, a, a this is an action vehicle for stunt woman Shayna Bofill, uh, and it's directed by one Bofill, who I think, although I haven't confirmed, but I think it's her father, judging by the age of him in uh, some of the other shorts that I've seen. Mm. Uh, and they, there, there is a that that's what, what seems to be the case. Uh, he's he's made uh, he's a stunt man, some coordinator or whatever, done a few other things. There's a couple of other shorts he's done uh, called uh, Tatakai and, and um, The Seventh Floor, both of which he starred in. Mike, you'd like The Seventh Floor because there's a, a whole part of it is, I mean, it's only in four a lift. It's in a lift, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so you'd like that. Um, how did you, did you just know that? Because I know you yeah, like when you lift. said that, I thought, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so um, he's, he's got really good style. Uh, Shana's done a few things. She's done stunt work on stuff like Charlie's Angels and Ride Along 2 and and that but uh, the only other sort of major short that she's done as far as i'm aware was an adaptation of a book a game called deus x oh, um, yeah. human evolution human yeah, evolution I know, I know the game, yeah, yeah. or something like that so she that's quite that's worth seeing but uh, that was kind of a, a role that she did but this one really sort of showcases her and it's lots of hand to, not just hand-to-hand combat with with without weapons but also a, a long motorcycle chase sequence mm. where, where, without a helmet, which, which is pretty awesome, uh, and you know one that goes up onto you know up onto uh, up steps and along levels and stuff. Mm. Uh, that's kind of the centerpiece or building towards the end of the film. Yeah, yes, it's nothing we haven't seen before, like you say, Hannah, uh, Naked Killer, or whatever. You know, uh, Kick Ass. You know, <laughs> the Kit mm. Girl, basically yeah. like Hit Girl when she yeah. grew up or whatever. You know, it could be any any one of those. Uh, and so very formulaic, but, you know, really well done, really, uh, really polished. Uh, I would love to see a feature of it. Um, yeah. Uh, the, yeah, I, I don't really have, really, I don't think there's anything I can quibble. I think they've, they've just done a really good job with it. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah, apart from that little scene, at, you know, as I said, in that apartment, I'm thinking you've got, you've got a second to, if, if she hadn't thrown the guy over the, over the railings, she probably would have had time to sort of um, have, have a quick rummage around, but I, I guess with a, with a body lying on the street, probably you want to get out of that building as quickly as you can. But <laughs> anyway, so we don't score the shorts, but we do recommend them. Uh, we will put a link to this film into the footnotes, so please check it out. That's Victoria. <laughs> Our DTV throwback this week is Bram Stoker's The Shadow Builder. A priest enlists the the help of a local sheriff when a demon is awakened and aims to steal the soul of a pure child during an eclipse. Um, Once again, Rich, you have uh, dug out a nugget from God knows where. I've I've never even heard of this film. You know, uh, it stars Michael Rooker as a, a priest um, a two-gun toting priest who kick ass for the Lord, um, as actually <laughs> is it well funny enough is actually explained in the film later on, um, which is really cool. Um, and yeah, other than some dodgy effects, which you know, the thing is, back in the sort of early two thousands, um, a lot of horror films are sort of hung up on using this sort of like CGI smoke and CGI oil kind of effects 
Mm-hmm. And they just mm-hmm. never were scary. You know, think, things like um, uh, Grave Encounters, I think, used, was one of them that used it a lot, uh, and, and a few others. And it just never was scary at all. And unfortunately, we get a lot of that here. But something else we get is a really good effect where when sort of a light is shot, shot on one of the, the bodies of the corpses and it suddenly disintegrates, I thought, actually, that effect really does stand up. Um, so, so that was really cool. I, I thoroughly enjoy this. I thought this was really good. Um, it's got a real um, Stephen King vibe to it as well, because as this sort of demon grows in power, sort of the people in this town become more and more crazy. So you, you just get these glimpses of stuff going on around the town um, yeah. getting getting worse. It, and it really did give me that feel of like, um, you know, Stephen King or, or even a sort of John Carpenter sort of story, you know. Um, Needful things. Yeah, exactly that sort of thing. Um, you know, Salem's Lot, all, all sorts. Um, but yeah, it, it, did, well. it did. It did. Yeah, Toby Doctor's another one. It, it yeah, it gives off that sort of strong vibe. So yeah, I really liked it. Um, even the kids, you know, there's, there's even a Stranger Things sort of thing where these you know three kids who are the sort of best mates get after trouble, um, and they're, they're pretty cool. And then I'm pretty. It is Tony Todd in this, isn't it? It is, yeah. yes. It is. Tony, Tony yeah. Todd in, in his probably one of his wildest um, roles as this yeah. sort of cra- crazy, um, sort of semi vagrant guy who is going around stealing lights and um, setting them up in his in his sort of backyard sort of thing because he seems to have figured out what was going on before anyone, anyone else, but didn't bother telling anyone what was mm-hmm. going on. So yeah, lots to like here, Rich. Um, what did you think of it? Uh, I, I'm interested to go over to to Steve first. If Steve, no, I thought you might be. <laughs> no, yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it actually. Um, like you say, priest kicking ass for the Lord. It was very. When you see him pull out them two like nine millimeter yeah. cannons and just start blowing La- everyone yeah, away with laser sights, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's it's like he's nicked it off Arnold Schwarzenegger out in the Terminator at the beginning. Um, <laughs> No, I, I I enjoyed the effects as well, actually. I mean, you've got where it's like traveling through the sewers. Yeah. And I'm trying to think what it reminded me of. Um, mm. It's like something with a monster coming out and grabbing people. I, just, I can't think what it is now. Yeah, that was it a pretty good effect. Me, yeah, a little bit predatorish, wasn't it? But... Yeah, in like Cross of It, you know, the original miniseries. Hmm. Where you know it's going through the sewers and the, the deadlights and all that kind of stuff. It kind of reminded me of that as well. Um, but yeah, I thought Michael Rucker was great. Tony Todd, it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen him do. Absolutely. It normally, he's quite refined and laid back or just creepy. This he's just off, off yeah. on another planet. It's it's weird seeing him do it. To be fair. Um, like you say, I, I also like the effects of the actual monster, you know, demon or whatever. Mm. I thought it was, it was kind of like he had a like a tinfoil face in a way. I don't know. It was just it was, weird yeah, how they did it. Was. It was. It's almost, it's almost like it, yeah. It's almost like it was CGI rendered from Tron or something. You know, it was, it was one of those yeah. old Doctor Who. There was a Doctor Who villain or character that had a face that was a bit like that, if I recall correctly. Mm. Mm. It was yeah, it was a bit weird, but the, the voice yeah, it, it's, mask, yeah, it, it, its voice was was yeah. superb. I thought I thought they, they, they nailed his voice 
certainly. Yeah, you know, yeah. And yeah. um, even like I say, the kid was the kids were good as well. Like mm. it, it wasn't like your normal standard American annoying brat or whatever. It was just well, well, met, well done, and not what I was expecting at all. Especially, with, I mean, obviously, I presume it was updated mm. um, from the original Bram Stoker short story. Um, yeah, it would it's be interesting to read that. So, you know, no, yeah. uh, I, I was looking on Amazon and it's, it's including like an anthology of his, you know, his sort of mm. short stories. But so, okay. But yeah, God, God knows what the original actually, <laughs> how, how much resemblance it actually bears to this, yeah. you know. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I, I thought, if, you know, for the most part, the effects work really well. Um, you get, you know, you get this sort of John Carpentery sort of siege bit at the end where, you know, they're, they're in the house and people are smashing through the windows and trying to get in. But yeah, yeah. it's really, really, really good. Yeah, it, it's a solid film. It really is. Um, and for the most part, it definitely stands up. Yeah, I saw it back in when it came out in about 98. It came out on VHS from Film 2000. And the, the thing I remember most about it was that it had a, uh, what I used to call a hologram, but I guess is lenticular or whatever, mm. but, you know, like a moving uh, moving image, so like a cardboard. I might even still have it, actually. Like a, car, a cardboard image at the front, where, where, so you could see you turn it one way and it's the demon. and yeah. it's, it's the other thing. So that was... That was quite eye-catching. Uh, I think I actually bought the ex-rental of it. And uh, there were bits I always liked about it, but I never, the, the whole, the film as a whole never made a huge impression on me. Like, I kind of feel the same now. Uh, I think some of the, some of the visual effects have really dated. Others are, are not so much. I don't really like that, that the, the way the, the Shadow Builder villain looks. Um, and so, say some of the scenes, the, the director of the film was a, is a, a visual effects guy, uh, Jamie Dixon. So this is kind of his project to sort of mm. show lots of different things. It reminded me of the prophecy in aspects of it, mm. especially in the whole, you know, uh, an emissary of, of of hell, you know, seeking a child. You know, we've seen that quite a lot in various different yeah. uh, iterations. Uh, but also, you know, you could compare it to uh, slasher movies and whatnot. But the, for me, the, the best that aspect of it is that townspeople going crazy part. I really love the, the old man with the ax is like, the, Oh the yeah. 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 yeah, like, yeah. Like my favorite part. And, and the good thing is they come back to him a couple of times and it plays sort of a, a you know, it's more of, he, he gets more of a, it's more than just a one moment thing. It kind of, mm. it's like three, there's yeah. like a three act thing to his little um, story. So I like that, but yeah, the, the townspeople going crazy. Uh, element which i guess i enjoy in a lot of movies well, kind of why i quite fancy seeing the crazies mm. remake because uh that, that kind of you know like mum and dad did it and uh as you say like um, stephen king stuff it's a really frightening prospect you know people just suddenly starting acting out of character and killing those they love and whatever so that was the part i engaged with most uh also uh, hadn't uh, noted uh, kevin zegers is the boy in it mm. he's got he this was one of his first roles uh or first big roles and he went on to be in things like the original wrong turn and and he did another b movie called komodo first i don't know if you ever saw that one about no. a komodo dragon on an island and stuff <laughs> that was quite fun um but yeah he's he's done tons of stuff and uh leslie hope plays his mother she went on to me on to be uh Kev, Kiefer, Kiefer sutherland's wife in uh, 24 
uh, is what right. I recognized her from. But obviously, this was before then. So I was kind of watching it thinking, where do I know her from? <laughs> it's like, you know, to check. But really, the star of the show, obviously, is Michael Rooker. Uh, it's, it's kind of an ensemble piece, but he is very much standing out. And uh, they introduce... They introduce him as the gun-toting guy. Then they introduce the priest aspect. Then they do the other the other bits. And then he's kind of, he's not behaving at all like a priest. And then some guy's like, <laughs> oh, he starts talking down to him. Like, he's not going to stand oh, up for himself. There's a, there's a brilliant, the brilliant bit where he goes to the, the, the uh, police station. Oh. And, and he goes, he goes wants, to see, wants to see the sheriff. The deputy goes, what do you want to see him for? And he goes, I need, I need him to help me find a boy. And he goes, oh, isn't that sort of thing illegal? And he just looks him in the eye and he goes, Fuck off! <laughs> that <thought> was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, well, superb. I mean, he plays it like Michael Rooker. I mean, it's Michael. Oh, yeah. It's Michael Rooker doing oh, Michael. Yeah. He's not really doing to you know. He, he's not far removed from Yondu or whoever else you might recognise him as playing in various <laughs> other other films. Yeah. He's, he's like Ron Perlman in that way. He's got that yeah. very particular kind of presence but you know he sells it really well he's one of the there was another movie about a gun-toting priest with uh jared butler there was indeed yeah, yeah. Machine, uh, machine, machine, gun preacher. machine gun preacher but yeah, the one i was thinking yeah. of from around the same time was mark de cascos in sanctuary i think it was oh, called. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so there was a kind of there was a thing for, <laughs> there was a thing about gun-toting priests at that point i don't know but yeah it's quite fun it's it it's a it's a it's a mixed Bag, lots of different elements in it, which is quite interesting to the movie. It's not, it's not just one, one, one thing. So I think it, it's not great in my view, but I think it is definitely an interesting film worth a look if you like. If you're a horror movie fan, if if you've seen everything else, definitely check it out. If you if you like a bit of action, mm. bit of horror, um, it, it's got everything. Yeah, it's it's got a bit of everything. It breezes by, you know. It's packed full of incident, basically. Um, yeah, it, it's a thoroughly entertaining film. Is it the best thing? No. Um, but it's certainly entertaining, and that's exactly what we want from our films. And that's the end of this week's show. So it's just down to me to thank uh, Rich, Steve, and Will for joining me this week. No problem. No worries. Enjoyed it. Yeah, cool, cool, no problem. And uh, yes, yeah, so we'll put the link for Victoria into the footnotes as well as the trailers for the other films. Uh, don't forget to check us out on uh, Facebook and Twitter where Rich puts up the DTV charts and we also uh, take a look at um, news about new releases as well. So thank you for listening and tune in again next time. Thank you for listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.